Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need, Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, and you're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship. We talk about everything. We cry, we laugh, we think about what it really means to be a good friend. And I have conversations with some of my best friends, some people I've never met and sort of everything in between. So I hope by the end of it that you have a really good sense of what friendship means to me and the people that I consider friends. And I hope you can take those same ideas into your own friendship groups. And I hope you enjoy it. You know, it's good to have a late night DJ voice for podcasts because people will listen to them at different times, which is the beauty of it, right? Yes. Yes. The freedom to listen where you want, how you want. Don't have to be up alone at midnight with my FM DJ voice (laughs) calming you. My guest this day, this moment this perfect moment is my friend, my good friend, Amber Valletta, who I'm so happy to get to spend a little time with you here on the Good Friend Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure over this last couple of years to get to know you better. Likewise. Our cross-pollination, our friend group that we have that has become a kind of crucial Um, support group. I think many people during the pandemic have found this tremendous need to to talk openly with their friend groups, Mm -hmm. colleagues, business, family. And it's been interesting to learn new things about Mm -hmm. people that the pandemic has stripped away the artifice Mm -hmm. of so much of our interactions because we've been now separated. And so our voices and our ears are the connective tissue Mm -hmm. rather than our faces and our Mm -hmm. self. And it's interesting because you in your day job are a model. Mm -hmm. 
you model for people. And you've been doing that how long? Um, 30 plus years. Right. So you started very young. Mm -hmm. And I don't know your origin story, and maybe we'll learn a little bit about it. But my point was simply that I've never felt particularly pretty. I've always felt kind of cute, like the word cute, like she's so cute, (laughs) (laughs) has been associated with me. And so what's been lovely is that to get to know you through your voice and your mind, not necessarily trying to stand in front of you where my insecurities would be just like going wacko has just been a real pleasure because you are out of everybody I have spoken to. You're one of the deepest wells. You're one of the most socially minded, open hearted people. And I have just loved learning that about you. Thank you. And it touches my heart. Um, you and I always manage to cry. Yeah. That really means a lot. I, I love you and I so appreciate those words. And I feel like this year and this, you know, last few years, I mean, I've known you a long time, but really getting to know you has been a real gift. And if people don't know this about you, I'm going to tell them on the radio that, or on the podcast, you're so extraordinarily generous and your generosity reaches beyond items and gifts, which you're the biggest gift giver, but (laughs) it's hard to, it's like, Oh, but you are also generous of your time and your spirit. And I just, it's really touching and it's been for me is an honor and a gift to also to get to know you better and to deepen a friendship. I'm, I'm glad that you feel safe in our relationship, you know, to express those things. I do. And I, I want to know more, you know, it's hard to say to somebody, I want to know more about your depth. I want to know, <laughs> but it's not, you're a model and you basically model things. This is not a modeled thing. This is an internal drive in you. Everything you do has to do everything in your personal slash professional life outside of your day job has to connect to something. Mm -hmm. And have you been that since you were young? So where were, where were you young? Um, I was always a deeper emotional, sensitive person. I, I don't really know that there was ever a time that I wasn't that way. Um, I never, you know, obviously I don't really think about coming in with my looks except when I'm at work. You know, you know what it's like. You play a character when you put on the makeup and the clothes. But I, I think I was really fortunate. My mom was a really kind person. She's really generous. She's very, you know, she has a beautiful moral compass and not in like, what, you know, kind of some dogmatic way. She just is like, she just does the right thing and she treats people well and she takes care of her community and she's always doing service work. And I just, I just watched her and I was always, you know, I think that's, I think that's probably part of it. And then I don't know. I just remember being really young and feeling very connected or wanting to connect very deeply to something greater than myself. And I would talk to quote unquote God. And, um, and I was very spiritual, even as a little child, I was very like wanting to serve in mass and which, you know, now I don't go to church, but at the time it meant a lot to me to be an altar girl. And I went to a parochial school. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a combination of all that. I also grew up in the Bible Belt. So (laughs) my grandparents made me go to Pentecostal church and, you know, like I had all of it from every angle, Catholic school and then, and then Pentecostal church. But I don't know if it was really religion as much as some of what religion talks about too, I think, because I'm not religious, but I am, like I said, very spiritual. And also I spent a lot of time in nature. 
I don't know if you were, if this was your experience growing up, but mine was, we'd say something to the adults and we'd be told to get out and go play outside. Basically that would, was kind of the gist of it. Or if I said, I'm bored, mom, my mom would go use your imagination, go outside and play. So that's what I did. Who <laughs> we? Me, like my cousins, my brother, and I had friends too in the neighborhood, but I wasn't bored if I was, you know, generally, I usually never said those things to my mom, like I'm bored if I was with someone. If I was with a friend or a cousin or a brother, I wouldn't actually do that. I'd probably just be annoying my mom because we were loud or something and interrupting, maybe wanting to perform that we did a lot of performing. A lot of shows. Lots of shows. There was a, lots of right? shows. You know, I think when you're an entertainer, it starts very young. And, you know, as I've, I've acted too in my career and then modeled, you know, all through, I always saw myself as a storyteller, even when I was modeling or even when I'm modeling, telling oh, a story. I think that's, that's why you're so successful. I mean, besides yeah. your beauty, I do think it has to do with storytelling that comes from you, which is why some models, some people who tell that story in that art form are more successful mm -hmm. than others. There are people who can really get into character, really dig deep. Yeah. I want to go back to religion for a minute. Oh, this is a non-religious, <laughs> non-affiliated, you know. Are you well, I'm just saying it's, it's I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm not serving any specific religious meal here. But, you know, yeah. I... There are plenty of pejoratives associated with the organized religion. I mean, there are plenty of them mm -hmm. in all mm -hmm. in all religions. There are dogmas and misogyny. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of areas that I struggle with. Absolutely. And yet the beauty of religion when it's organized around service to others if you boil everything down to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Beautiful. It is, I think, also kind of in your DNA because your focus on doing to others for others as an advocate of taking your position within the universe, however, the universe has landed you, mm -hmm. you're always focusing on someone else. I don't think I've ever really seen, I mean, I've seen a post of you and your friends and it's, I really want to go there in a minute and talk about your friendships that you've made through your career. Because when you post a picture of your friends, all of whom are also, or some of whom are also models, some, some. but in those pictures, the joy of being with each other is so evident, but your activism, the focus of your lens on others is really admirable and is something I see. It makes me want to do more of that. And besides religion, your mother sounds like a really wonderful role model for that. But did you connect up friend-wise around that? I feel really fortunate because I grew up with lots of relatives and cousins. I have multiple siblings, but none one marriage, none from my parents. Yeah. And so my family tree is sort of like a, we call it a bramble, <laughs> like a bush. <laughs> it's very complicated. But I'd say um, the siblings and then my friends that I went to um, school with, and some neighborhood friends. Obviously, we we had to do service work at school and things like that because of um, we were in a religious school. And I think one friend was had a you know really she was very ethical and a really good person. Like she wouldn't have hurt anybody. She never talked poorly of anybody in our group. And but I was always very like outspoken. <laughs> And I just was, I was always outspoken. I was the leader of the group because I was an outspoken person, but we all shared, yes, very similar values and things. I also got in a lot of trouble because I didn't have 
I got in more trouble in high school. I, I didn't have focus. My mom did not, the one thing she didn't do, she was busy working was she didn't really put the focus on my education. And I think, I don't know that I'm particularly that smart, but I think I was probably bored in school because I wasn't focused. So I did a lot of, you know, chitty chatting. I was busy chatting, disrupting the teacher and, you know, getting kicked out of class, not all the time, but a couple of times. And and just kind of a little mischievous, like telling everybody to make faces. And when the teacher turned back around, everybody be making a stupid face, which sounds like to me, a child that's bored and not being activated in the classroom and not blaming the teacher, but actually more my parents for not <laughs> seeing it. I think birds of a feather flock together, but I've always been really loud and everybody, not loud, but outspoken. If I don't, if I see something that's not right, I'm going to speak about the injustice of it. And you can pretty much talk to anybody who I grew up with and they'll be like, oh yeah, (laughs) she stuck up for so-and-so. She got in a fight with so-and-so because of, you know, they were being mean to, you know, so-and-so or she didn't like, um, you know, something and, and was talking about how it wasn't fair or whatever. It's not something new. Well, it's impressive really impressive. I was the opposite. I was, you know, I was a good girl. I never said no to my mother. Honestly, I just don't think I ever said the word no. People who at a young age had this strength, the internal strength, the internal infrastructure to stand up for something, an injustice, I would do it in a snarky, funny way. Mm Mm-hmm because that was the only way I knew how to manage. So it's impressive to me that that was your drive from Mm -hmm. since I've known you, that has been your drive. And you're from Oklahoma. (laughs) But, you know, we talk about the Bible Belt or we talk about that sort of center of the country. Mm -hmm. It's talked about politically all the time, the fight for that center. But I think it's the, it is the backbone of the country. It is the strength of character that you walk when you walk the walk, forgive me for going for the runway pun, but when you Mm -hmm. walk the walk, there is an internal strength of your character. And it is attractive for people. They want to lean in to what you're saying about what you're saying. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break. So stick around. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world. 
to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. You started modeling at approximately like 15? Yeah, you're right. 15. Look at me pulling that Good number. Math. <laughs> I, I'm very, I actually didn't do the math. I actually didn't do the math. I actually just pulled it out of thin air. <laughs> well, I know a little bit about that industry, a little uh-huh. fragment of that industry. And I do know that that is the young age, 14, 15, mm-hmm. when that fresh face emerges often on the scene. It makes sense. It's sort of like the the blossoming of a young woman. Yes. And in that blossoming, though, it also takes you around the world. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, again, this is none of my business and maybe none of the, my listener, by the way, I believe I have one. I like, <laughs> I like, I like to just have an assumption that I have one. I, I'm not somebody who lives on a lot of assumptions, but I'm assuming we have one listener. Well, let's, well, let's increase that. Okay. My mom won't listen. <laughs> okay. But when you would work in that young age, 15, yeah. is it required that you have a family member with you or can you just be represented by an agent or a manager? No. And it's quite unbelievable even to this day that there's no union or laws within the fashion industry they should be governed like any other industry. I mean, you couldn't put a 15-year-old to work without a chaperone and without certain hours being monitored and things like that in, in film industry. No. Oh, no. no. Well, we are like the wild, wild west. And because they've gotten a lot of models kind of having repercussions from these I was very lucky, but there was, there's been a lot of women who have, you know, suffered a lot from poor treatment due to like, you know, whether it's like not feeding them enough, sleep deprivation, financial loss, because people aren't honest with money and things like that. Abuse, power abuses, physical, sexual, all sorts of stuff, because it's an adult world. It's an industry that's full of mostly adults and you have young girls starting out. And because there's no protections, there has been a lot of you know groups forming to fight this and kind of try to put some standards and, and rules in place and even laws. And they've started the industry just because of Me Too. We have secured a lot of protocols that we didn't have before. And thank God. Mm-hmm. You know, photographers were allowed backstage what girls are changing. It's ridiculous because they're photographing, you know, hair and makeup and the clothes before they go on the runway. Well, no, they can photograph you when you're getting ready at hair and makeup. And then when you're getting dressed, there shouldn't be anyone back there. And then when you get ready to go on stage, there can be one or two people taking a picture. But I was fortunate. I did not have a chaperone. I went with an, well, I did the first time I went with another girl from Tulsa and her mother to Italy to model. And she was 18. So her mom was not that nervous. So she even left us for a weekend to go somewhere. And we, of course, had a party. And (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I was really lucky. I, I really came out of it unscathed in a lot of ways. Nothing really bad happened to me. I got involved in things that you know, partying scene and stuff like that. But 
you know, it is an unregulated industry and it is sort of ridiculous that we do not have protections and that we are not unionized and have like retirement plans and uh, healthcare and things like that. There's a group of women, a lot of women that are talking about it and how to make it happen. And But I've been very, very lucky. I've been very lucky. I feel like I've been abused or um, have any sort of big hangups. I've had issues with people, but um, in general, I feel very grateful for my experience in the industry, but I am here definitely to support and help and change it because I know it's not, it's not like that for everybody. Right. And I'm sure you have been and will continue to be a vocal advocate for that. Absolutely. Because as we know, nothing changes unless something changes. Absolutely. Change happens when people say no more and, Mm -hmm. you know, the buck stops with me and I'm going to do things differently. So I want to go back for a second just to, you know, it's a podcast about friendship, Mm -hmm. but it's a podcast about friends. So Mm -hmm. we can talk and have already about interesting areas. I would assume that you make fairly close alliances. You know, in the movie business, you work together and then you never see each other. Yeah, I know. And profess to be best friends, weeping on the last day, hugging, weeping. And often you never see that person again. I know, it's sad. Whereas in the modeling industry, There is a small group of Mm -hmm. successful women, and I'm assuming that you guys have all known each other. And it's an assumption, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go for it, which is that you make alliances within that because you're constantly both competing Mm -hmm. and collaborating, competing and collaborating. I just thought we could talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Well, one, you start out very young. A lot of models start out young, but also even just, you know, the rest of the industry is quite small as well. When you're talking about a certain level of high fashion, it's a small industry, small Mm -hmm. enough to know pretty much all of the, you know, top people. And what happens is because you're on a kind of a, a seasonal cycle in fashion, you you are inevitably going to see these people a few times a year because of fashion shows. And so you meet up in different cities. And though I don't do all of the shows anymore, I'm usually asked to come and see one, asked to walk one or two. So I'm inevitably I'm around. And so all of this to say that there's a lot of time spent seeing the same people a few times a year. So you build that relationship. Then there's parties and events and all that kind of stuff. And then there's all the photo shoots and all the trips that you take in between with work. Um, especially when you're really at your kind of peak, mm-hmm. you're spending a lot of time with hair and makeup people like, you know, as an actress in your face and in your space and people dressing you, the stylist. And then the photographers, you have to have some sort of intimacy, not physical intimacy or necessarily even emotional intimacy, but an intimacy that's like an unspoken intimacy. I trust you. I know what you're asking of me. I am interpreting your vision. It's a whole kind of unspoken thing that happens. So because of that, you do create these really deep friendships and familial friendships. There's a handful of people in the industry, models and photographers and stylists and makeup and hair people that I consider and editors that they're family to me. They're my collaborators for 25 years. I'm their collaborator for 25 years. And some of them I know well, you know, because we've actually taken time outside of work to get to know each other. And then others I don't really know that much about them, but when I see them, my heart is so happy and full. And even though we don't need to have, you know, know each other's daily life, we are still connected because we have a common experience. And then especially when you talk about 
the other girls, like the other models, I think it's something similar. Like if you were, you know, my mom worked for the post office and she and my aunts and uncles and my grandfather, everybody worked for the post office and they had this common language and they, all their friends, you know, worked for, for the post office. They had a common language and they had a camaraderie because they understood each other's language. And it's the same thing, I think, with no matter what profession you have, when you spend a lot of time doing something, you share a common language. And it's, especially with those women, we share the other models, we share a lot of the same pains and a lot of the same gains and success. And you can understand each other. And we've grown up together. I've seen these women go from sort of young women, teenagers to adults with marriages, divorces, kids, parents dying, all of it, real life stuff. And it's, it's profound to be an adult now and experience my career in such a beautiful, meaningful way. Cause I care now on a deeper level that I don't think you get as a young person that you can only get with age. I don't know about you, but I feel like the love that I have, I loved people before, but the depth and the quality and the understanding of how blessed it is to have friendships or loved ones that you care about when you're older, because maybe time is more precious. Well, you have no time to waste. You have no time to waste. Tick tock, tick tock, exactly. Not that you're looking at the end of your life. But no. you're looking closer to the end of your life yeah. than you are away to the beginning of your life. But also, I think you're yeah, for sure. And I think th- that's precisely why things become more meaningful and interesting to listen and to understand people. And when I was young and working all the time and going, I didn't have the appreciation to sit down and really understand and listen. Of course, I knew people and we did things, but there's a, such a deeper, a deepening that happens when you get older, I think, where you can really listen to someone and appreciate them and, you know, know their heart in a different way and, and want to know their heart in a different way. At least that's what happened to me as an adult, especially in COVID, I feel like I expanded tremendously with my depth of, of love and wanting to really be present for friendships, for, for relationship. Well, you, you can't, I mean, you can build friendships and connections on one plane, but as you stay alive longer and COVID was the great reminder for mm-hmm. all of us that unlike other illnesses that know no boundaries of Mm -hmm. age, race, life experience, wealth, nothing. It, you know, we we see it all the time. The great equalizer is illness. Yeah. Because illness, like water, seeks its level. Yeah. It will take people who have more money than you and I will ever know in our lives Yeah, as quickly as it'll take someone in abject poverty. Yeah. Even though the person with the wealth had the most access to the absolute best that healthcare has to offer, illness will win yeah. ultimately. And I think that depth of understanding, the older we get, the more vicissitudes of life that happened to people, the patina of life that just mm-hmm. is an inevitable aspect. I think it it clearly opens us up, our heart open more and more to the fragility and difficulty of life on life's terms in the universe. And, you know, when you were talking about the relationship um, when you're in front of a camera and the exchange with people, it's a telepathy that mm-hmm. happens between people. Um, that's friendship. You know, your description of that, I was going to interject, is friendship. That's yes. what we all want mm-hmm. to be seen, mm-hmm. to be heard, to be understood, mm-hmm. to be appreciated in that moment, to be challenged intellectually, spiritually, 
physically, sometimes creatively, but that we're leaning into each other. Like in that time, as you described beautifully, some of these people you see on somewhat of a regular basis, some you've formed real units with. And I think we could, some people listening, maybe my listener, Mm -hmm. maybe my listener doesn't, (laughs) can't relate to that because they're in a nine to five job in an office. But I think if you peel the onion, you'll notice that you still find your people within that office structure. There are people that you do connect to Mm -hmm. and that it can be in any business, really. It isn't isn't just the fashion industry or the, you know, the actor world that I'm in. And I think that's the great equalizer. Yeah, the way you described friendship and and the preciousness of friendship. We'll be right back with more good friend after this quick break. Did you know that most salads travel over two thousand miles to reach your plate, but not with Eighty Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. You're a very strong woman. Um, And as I said to you at the beginning of this, I really admire it. I would have been terrified of you. Uh, when we met in high school, because no. And by the way, I know you and Amanda are both close friends. And I said the same thing to Amanda. I was like, you would have scared the out of me. I would have gone running. I would have looked at you like you were an exotic animal in the (laughs) wild. I would have been like, oh, my God, there's a cheetah. I would have just because of that internal sense, as you said, you stuck up for people, you would fight for people, you know, that's who you are. And that's very much who Amanda is. And I just didn't have that. So I admire that in you so much. So in that center strength of yours, Mm -hmm. how do you do with conflict with friends? You know, we haven't touched on it too much on this podcast. And yet I think it's important for people to just hear how others explore conflict. Mm. 
I wanted to add to your sentiment before I answer that about, for me, what creates a friendship is also vulnerability. And that maybe that is part of the next piece to this, which is we must allow our most truthful selves to be seen, even if it's not always what we want to present to the world. And that has been a huge, for me, that has been really what has created deep bonds with people is because I will allow myself to be vulnerable and, and honest and likewise try to hold the space for someone to do the same Mm -hmm. because I don't think you can know someone without giving them the safety and the openness to be vulnerable because really that's ultimately what you have to have to create a true connection to someone is, and it doesn't mean you always have to be crying and blubbering or talking about how horrible things are, but you can be authentic. And I think that authenticity and truthfulness and vulnerability really connects us, makes us human and humor humor is a huge thing for me in in my friendships. And I I give everybody nicknames and that just happens organically. When I love someone and spend time with them, you know, they get a nickname somehow. It's like you you could start being Jay for all I know. It'll come. It's probably Jane. I'll take Jane or Jay. I, you know, I've actually known kind of in the world as Jay. I like it. uh, Because I, in any note I write, I try to use an economy of words. And so I'll sign almost everything with just a J on it because why put the A-M-I-E after it? Just because <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> so continue your thought about because I think pet names and terms of endearment. My friend Suzanne Yankovic, we have a nickname FIA which we gave each other, which stands for friend I have always wanted. And so she's my Fia. See? Yeah. Those, I I really do. It's an organic thing that happens for me, but it it is a piece that I've noticed when I look through the thread of friendships, I have given funny names and pet names and vice versa. And it's that sort of intimacy again, that's created between people. When I've had conflict, I'm not a, you have to do a lot. You have to do something really pretty rotten to me to cause conflict or pretty, I don't know, unthoughtful or selfish or something. I I will get hurt, but I will generally try to sit and look at it in every single way and see how I was at fault before I will take anything to you because I'm almost, and it's not necessarily a good thing. It's sometimes not a good thing, but I I will almost be sure that I've done something wrong to create the situation. And nine times out of 10, you know, the, the truth is, is that I do believe we are always part of the problem. I think there's always a piece of responsibility. Like maybe I didn't communicate something properly and it's not that I've tried to rationalize it, but I definitely take a lot of time to to look through it because, and I will withdraw a little bit more than I would be someone who goes and engages a conflict. I, I'm, I'm more like, I'm going to step back from this. And then when I'm ready and feel like I've kind of understood the situation, if I need to talk to you, we'll talk. Otherwise, I just kind of let it like dissipate. And eventually it just kind of goes it goes away. Sometimes it's harder for me to, maybe because I don't confront someone, sometimes it's harder for me to let go of that judgment or that pain. But I kind of feel like that's sort of the burden of the way I've chosen to deal with a certain, with situations. I don't always feel that it's best to confront things that sometimes people might not even be able to fix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if that's being a coward on my end or just sort of not wanting to confront. I don't know. I'm not really, I will fight like, you know, my partner and I will fight, but I don't really fight with friends. I never fight with my parents, my dad more so, but my, my mom never, I I never talked back when I was a kid. It's like, 
it's just not really my personality to be, I'm confronting in the sense, like I'll say what I believe in, but I'm never going to come at you. You know what I mean? That's just not, that's not my personality. Well, I think, as you said, I'm one of those people, when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm looking at the problem. Generally, there's most of the time I have a part in it. And it's often my inability to say what I really feel or need. And Mm -hmm. then assumptions are made and then things happen. I also, because you and I are both in show business, whatever version of that, exactly. I refer to it as show off business. It also always is a natural separator because I'm going to go off and work. I have these very strong bonds with people, and then I have to be able to separate from them and really only stay connected actively to my children and my husband. Mm-hmm. And that I have my friendships have to know that there are periods of time where I, although the phone makes everybody available at all times, I still need the ability to detach from thinking about those people in the front of my brain so that I can now do the actual work I am being paid to go do. Totally get it. Yeah. And I think that my experience is also most people who ultimately move away or live far away. I have held on to every one of those relationships, but it's just harder. I don't know why a three hour time difference in New York City is that far away. And yet it feels that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm also trying to be a realist at the age I'm at now, which is I'm doing the best I can. I am not omitting you from my brain on purpose. It's not Mm -hmm. out of anger or resentment. It's really just you're not in my front Sight yeah. because yeah. we're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. We're all moving forward. And so I think that's also unique to our professions. Um, before I let you go, again, I want to go to your activism. It's hard to even put it into words about how I feel about it except to tell you that I admire it and I see it and I feel it and I learn from it. And I didn't know that was going to be the great gift from you in knowing you and becoming friends. I've learned a lot from you and that's thrilling to me. Thank you. It's so funny because I feel like you are so outspoken yourself and such a, like I said, you give so much to the world around you and to the public. And I, I actually have seen and even reposted some of the things that you've posted. And so I'm kind of surprised and shocked because I think, you know, you've walked the path uh, before me and the, the feeling that you have, I respect you and look up to you a lot, Jamie. And, you know, I know we are, you know, friends and equal in the friendship, but I look up to you as a woman, as a, as a woman in the world that has carried herself with grace and dignity. And you do share a message of love and hope and unity and friendship, you know, your hand in my hand. And that's that's really remarkable. You don't have to do that. And I think when people see someone who is public like that sharing their heart, it takes away that like thing that celebrity does, you know, that that aura of specialness, because the truth is, is we're all human beings. Right. Yeah. We just have a different job. We have a different platform. We have a different experience. But we're all human beings sharing this life journey that sometimes is really fun and great. And sometimes is very hard and full of a lot of suffering. So you emulate this thing. That's like, Hey, I'm real. I'm human. And you know, my job is, is fun and shiny, you know? <laughs> yeah. At times, at times. <laughs> and at times it's not, it's, it's hard like any other job. 
Well, I think that all boils down to really just friendship, that that's what we're looking for in a friend, just someone to see us and show us kind of in equal parts. Mm -hmm. And you have been that. And I'm looking forward to more of that as we get to know each other better. And for my listener, you would be very lucky (laughs) to have Amber Valletta as your friend and advocate for you or something you cared about because she really walks that walk (laughs) better than she walks a catwalk. Okay. Sorry. I just, you know, I mean, it. you know what I mean? It's my show. I get to make witty puns and plays on words because I get to. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter because I get to do whatever I want. So thank you for being on the Good Friend podcast. You're a lovely friend and we're all happy to have you here. And uh, for my listeners, stay safe out there. God bless you. And, you know, stay tuned. Thanks. Find a friend. Yeah, find a friend (laughs) and cling to them. Good Friend is produced by Dylan Fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. Our theme song, Good Friend, is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.